We know what that sound means. That's the French Stewart alarm. We have said French Stewart 100 times. Congratulations. <laughs> we have to go back. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. I'm Ricky. I'm Grayson. And today, we are going into a room with a clock in it and setting it to stop with our review of the 2002 movie Clock Stoppers. Uh, this was not an easy movie to get our hands on. Sure wasn't. Usually, we try to think about, uh, you know, accessibility uh, of movies, something that you would either own already or something that would be easily uh, found on a streaming service of reasonable price. Um, but every once in a while, we'll review a movie that is only available on Amazon Prime. The real deep cuts. Oh, the real yeah. Dark Man, Ricky. But even Dark Man <laughs> is on iTunes. Uh, so if you are listening to this and you just recently watched Clock Stoppers, thank you for your thank investment. You. Wow. Uh, <laughs> This is going to be our least listened to episode. Uh, but we did this because of the movie. The uh, house with a clock on its walls? Yep. Yours sounds like a movie. I watched The Clockwork Orange. Different movie. <laughs> Different movie. There was a debate. <laughs> uh, yes. So uh, if you are not one of the people who watched this movie but would still like to be engaged in this conversation, allow me to take you back to the year 2002. Uh, so Nickelodeon uh, had introduced a movie studio because, after all, that's what its name means. Yes, mm. today, I hope I can be the one to present this information to you for the first time. Um, you are now today's years old uh, when you learned that Nickelodeon means movie. It was much more popular than the zoetrope kids studios which really had subpar material did it really didn't click they were like zo 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 zoetrope zoetrope and they're like no get out of here with that yeah a nickelodeon uh was the first type of indoor exhibition space dedicated to showing projected motion pictures so yeah just like yeah i'm gonna head over to the nickelodeon Ricky, can I take this as an indication for the amount of information we have on clock stoppers that were defining the history of Nickelodeon, the you production are... <laughs> house, which made this movie? You are correct, sir. Just want to uh... see where we're at. <laughs> Uh, so Nickelodeon had a movie studio, and they uh, produced a handful of films, with the first one being one of my favorites, Harriet the Spy. We got to uh, do that movie. Oh, yeah. We just need for there to be a movie with Harriet or Spy in it, and we will be off, my oh, friend. Oh, we just missed it. The Spy Who Dumped Me. Oh. Well, we we'll wait for the sequel. <laughs> we move on. Uh, and so they made a couple of Nickelodeon movies that were basically theatrical releases of, like, not, you know, TV movies. And they had a higher production value and higher budget. And we're trying to reach a broader audience. Uh, Snow Day is uh, the Nickelodeon movie that uh, predeceded, preceded. Mm. It, Snow Day is a movie that preceded Clock Stoppers. Oh, uh, with Chevy Chase. 
Yep, the yeah. one and only. Uh, and so we were then brought to Clock Stoppers, inspired uh, by H.G. Wells's 1901 story, The New Accelerator, a story all about a scientist who develops a drug enabling him to move so fast that no one can see him. It was from- called cocaine. <laughs> Hmm, 1901. We'll call it the new accelerator. What was that? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> I already wrote it. It's done. <laughs> um, and so they t- decided to give it a new modern twist uh, with no one else at the holodeck other than Jonathan Franks. That's right. Riker himself. Uh, this is his a first feature film um, and first one involving him being in it that didn't have to do with the Star Trek franchise. Mm. And so the movie follows Zach Gibbs, played by Jesse Bradford, who, you know, like you do, stumbles across a watch that allows you to stop time. But really, guys, as you would know, it doesn't actually allow you to stop time, but gives the wearer super speed and alters their perception of time. And like... In any classic movie like that, where you find a highly sensitive piece of technology, <laughs> the government comes chasing after you. But through the power of... It's really just some turn-of-the-century moxie. <laughs> it really is. With yeah. the help of turn-of-the-century moxie, these kids give these government people a run for their money. You should see how I'm spelling run. Um, now how are you spelling money? <laughs> Uh, the movie had a budget of $26 million uh, because French Stewart don't come cheap, and they made a total of $38 million worldwide. That's respectable. Yeah, it, it, it wasn't a, a blockbuster. Uh, it wasn't a big breakout hit, but it did modestly. Now, I was a big Nickelodeon's kid, especially in the 2000s, because uh, we have moved, and there we moved to a town where there wasn't much to do other than watch TV. So we just watched a ton of Nickelodeon and they promoted this film like no other. So uh, when the film was released in theaters, didn't see it. But I saw it when they played it on Nickelodeon. Uh, and it was a very fun film. I just remember like that movie stuck with me. Like I loved watching Clock Stoppers. Watching it now, I realized, oh my gosh, that thing that they do... The thing that they did in Heroes that we thought was, like, so revolutionary uh, and the thing that they do weekly on the CW with The Flash, uh, Clock Stoppers, they did it more, like, first-ish. Yeah. They really they really blazed a trail for everyone else. I did not see this movie when it was in theaters, nor did I ever catch it on Nickelodeon and was not aware that it existed until... <laughs> You recommend? I don't know how I missed this entire movie, um, but I was glad to watch it this time. I would have loved this back in uh, the early two thousands. This would have been a really fun one for me, uh, and I think it has a lot of elements that I like anyway. There are so many, and we'll probably touch on this in headcanon. There are so many like Back to the Future parallels that I feel like this could have been. This could have felt like a back to the future type thing for a kid around that era. Uh, oh. And but I'll never know because I missed it. You're and now right. Got to watch it as like a 30-year-old. All he wants is a car. 
but he's really good at just skateboarding. Yeah. He plays guitar. He wears a red vest. He's friends with a scientist. What well, friends is right. He's kind of estranged, but he he's- knows scientists. <laughs> he's scientist adjacent. Yeah. 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 There's actually a lot of stuff in here where you're like, oh, this guy just want to make a fourth Back to the Future? Just let me make it. Let me yeah. make it. it. Like watching this movie, there's so many different like teenage movie tropes that are just like played up a ton. Um, like, you know, you have the school bully who is just just mercilessly mean in like the weirdest of ways. Mm-hmm. Like the school bullies who just look like they are just like if oh i just forget that the early 2000s happened and that we lived through it and we made so many fashion choices that we just said yep this is how we all dress now i don't remember anyone looking like that in that club scene i was like when did the clothes get so bright i don't recall this oh it was a turn of the century because we all thought that the future was going to be Clock stoppers. Well, that's what Xenon Girl of the 21st Century looked like. And then they brought that to Earth in the yes. present day. And yes. Art became reality. Yes. What was interesting about this one is the guy, so I mentioned Eddie. I thought he was going to be the bully because he was like in the class and not doing well. And then you got this other bully. And I was like, well, who are these guys? <laughs> it's like Jay and Mean Bob strike back and they're like throwing soda and stuff. But the soda retaliation was very strong. Oh, yeah. 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 So like, so yeah, the, the bullies, they were just, they were classic movie bullies. Like uh, I, I liken it back to Hocus Pocus, if you will. Yes. Uh, the Hocus Pocus bullies was just like, huh. California, like, oh, oh, oh man, they called this guy a state. Uh, and like, that's the degree to bullying. And he has just like the mini posse of people who are laughing at them at, or to things that just aren't funny. Um, yeah. And it's just, and I remember this is a teen movie that I watched as a preteen. And I remember thinking, yeah, this is life. I'm just watching these kids just be normal, everyday kids. And now, you know, being the adult I am, I'm like, oh, man. Yeah, that was a time in our lives when that is what high school was. Just being a professional BMXer and just all you wanting is a car. And uh, and you being a sick DJ at a DJ competition at this, I'm assuming, uh, 16 and up club that all these kids are allowed to go to. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's just a lot of just a lot of nostalgia in a really weird way. I'm like, I'll be honest, none of that resonated with me. <laughs> it's like, why aren't these kids wearing corduroy and listening to the Beatles alone in their room? It's the 2000s. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> but yes, huh. culturally speaking, this was quite a slice of life. Oh man, like if like it, I really I would submit this movie as a historical document for yes, it goes in the time capsule. Yes. As for like, this is what it was in the two thousands. Mm-hmm. Um, just a lot of metal and, uh, and very bold color choices. Yep. And we loved it. I think the only other thing I noticed this time around, that I didn't notice before was how little love Meeker got. Meeker was on the poster. You guys yeah. Meeker was like, is the trio of 
cool looking kids behind like a giant green clock. And that was that was it. Yeah, yeah. right. That that was it. And Meeker is in how many scenes? A total of four. Wow. Of and I was like, oh man. Uh I wish you would have gotten more love, Meeks. Yeah. I really wish you would have gotten character. more love. Yeah. But they had to make room for Fridge Stewart, who wasn't on the poster. Because he's everywhere. <laughs> Hands down, favorite line of the entire movie. All right. <laughs> we can do this. But we're going to need some things you can't buy at Radio Shack. That's the punchline. That's the kind of movie I want to be seeing on the regular. Where they're making punchlines about Radio Shack. And that being the thing. He did have all the best lines in this movie. Like, you know what I don't like? Getting kicked in the head. (laughs) Second only to... um, the teacher like when the bullying scene is happening uh and they are like pushing our lead character into the trash can a teacher comes by it's like that is a perfectly good trash can don't go pushing students in it and i'm like wow yep that's uh that's a perfect line right there the other kind of flashback I had just watching this movie, just because I remember, I remember so distinctly all these different elements that were just surrounding me that I never partook in. Biggest thing being rock climbing and paintball. Mm. The early two thousands. What a time to have a paintball business. Yeah. Wow. I remember. Like I, as soon as I saw that they were going to like incorporate paintballs into like the plot, I said. Oh my gosh, I remember paintballing was like everything. And my parents didn't want me involved because, yeah, son, we, we don't want to arm you at all. Um, and we don't want people shooting at you. Uh, you're like, that's weird. <laughs> Mom and Dad, you're a gibby. Wish I'd never been bored. Get with the century. Oh. <laughs> I just like completely forgot that paintball existed until this movie. So thanks, Clock Stoppers. Yeah. Thanks for the reminder. You remember how riding your bike through the town can immediately summon Blink-182? <laughs> okay, so I realized this. Um, this movie made me realize that my question, if I ever am in a time-traveling situation, isn't what year is it, but what Blink-182 song is on the charts right now? Because if it's first date... Or all the small things, I know I'm in the early 2000s. And if it's a Green Day song, you haven't gone back far enough. <laughs> Keep going. Uh, Grayson, what time do you have? Um, I got half past the hour. You know what I have? What? Head cannon! <laughs> Whoa! Head cannon. <laughs> That's the sound of a paintball. <laughs> time has stopped. In order to launch Headcanon, part of the show where we share with you unique ideas about the movie and untold stories based on evidence provided by the film. One of the things I forgot to mention uh, up front is the cast. Now, this cast of characters uh, have a huge old, or actually a very tiny uh, Venn diagram with Terminator. Whoa, really? Yes. Jeanette Goldstein, who uh, was the hotel... um, concierge who uh, just took all the money from French Stewart. Mm-hmm. 
She starred as Jeanette Voigt, a.k.a. John Connor's foster mom in Terminator 2. Oh. And Michael Bine, uh, who plays a uh, head bad guy. You might recognize him as Kyle Reese in the first Terminator movie. Oh, whoa, yeah. Yeah. All right, yeah. all right. So, with those two random casting coincidences, I bring you my headcanon. Uh, this is an alternate timeline where uh, Michael Bynes' character, he's so interested in this time travel technology or this speed accelerating technology, not to sell it to the government, but to time travel back to his time Mm. to stop the robotic uprising. Because, Mm. I don't know if you noticed this, but in the Terminator world, time travel is kind of a one-way ticket. Uh, Like, we're going to send you back, and good luck. Hopefully your mission will be accomplished, or you died trying. Um, I think that this is an alternate timeline where uh, one of the first attempts, uh, he wasn't able to stop you know, like th- basically the robots won in killing uh, Sarah Connor. And so he kind of became evil by trying to figure out a new way to time travel. He lost himself in the desire to make it back to change the tides again. Um, and that's why he uh, became so determined to make sure that this project didn't get shut down he took on a completely new identity and that this is a darkest timeline kyle reese nice i like that that's really strong thank you so my head cannon is a little off uh it's a little odd from uh my standard head cannon we mentioned that there are a lot of similarities between back to the future and clock stoppers Now, I don't think they technically exist in the same universe. My interpretation of it is that Marty ended up telling his dad, or at least leaking some of these details of everything that happened to him in the Back to the Future movies, Mm -hmm. Uh, like telling him about hoverboards and and all this kind of like technology and even just like some of the details of he and Doc's relationship. I think he confided in his dad several years down the road. Um, and he's like, hey, dad, you're a popular science fiction writer. Here's an idea for a story. Um, and I think this movie is the movie adaptation of one of George McFly's books. Nice. Which is also why the dad character is named George. <laughs> uh, he kind of named it after himself. But it's why the son like dresses like Marty. He's got a lot of mannerisms like Marty. You get details in there like... You can't get the watch wet, which is very much like a hoverboard type thing. And so all those little details that seem to be shared between the two worlds, I think that was just Marty's influence over his dad when his dad wrote the novel Clock Stoppers, based on the novel pushed by Sarah. <laughs> Whoa, Doc, you mean to tell me you, you put a molecular accelerator in a watch? I figured if you're going to stop time... Why not do it with no style? <laughs> uh, so yeah, that was that was the headcanon that that I latched onto the most. I had I like a secondary it. one that's real quick, and that's that French Stewart grows up again to 
uh, try to recreate this technology on his own, but he can never get that aging thing quite right. Um, and so he becomes an old man by the time that he is able to really perfect it. But he's added a few more features along the way, like being able to go forwards and backwards. And he is Christopher Walken from Click. Oh, my. Whoa. Yeah. Wow. That's good. I like that. Well done. Now, I do know that Christopher Walken's character is named Morty in Click. I'm going to ignore that, unless you're a Rick and Morty fan, in which case, some free Click headcanon. What (laughs) if little Morty grows up to be just like his grandpa and becomes Christopher Walken in Click? Oh my gosh, that's perfect. Yeah, he he has no one to have these journeys on anymore, so he's passing it on to Adam Sandler. How did this become a click episode? <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Very good. Love it. Love it. Beep, 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 beep. Oh, man, you guys, we're, we're, we're coming out of hyper time. It means we better hurry up and launch into recast and remake. Recast, remake. Is that another paintball? Uh, it's decompression chamber. Oh. <laughs> oh, that was one thing that I thought was an interesting crossover from the Back to the Future stuff with the liquid nitrogen. It makes so much sense that that is what is on the DeLorean when it comes back into the present time, that he has to use the liquid nitrogen to surround it, to harness it in that time upon reentry. Wow. I was like, oh, that's why it does that. Wow. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, Oh, yeah. So, recast, remake. Uh, If this movie were to be remade today, who would you cast? What would the storyline be? And maybe what medium would it exist in? Grayson, I haven't been completely honest with you. Um, I had another motive to review this movie. Oh, no. Like I said, Clockstoppers has stuck with me for several years. Mm -hmm. I have completely envisioned a three-season arc for... Clock Stoppers the series for Nickelodeon, and I wanted to pitch it. Nickelodeon, if you're listening, um, thank you for um, ignoring all of those. Um, you know what? I don't need to give you any more incriminating evidence. Here's the story. So, um, Clock Stoppers the series. I would love it. I think it would be great because this concept is so perfect uh, and so ripe for material. So basically, Clock Stoppers the series would be. I'll start with Zach. So Zach Gibbs is a professor now at a high school and he teaches physics and he kind of follows in his dad's footsteps. Um, and then uh, all of the sudden uh, and he still like wears like the watch, like he still like has the watch. And then all of a sudden um, he goes missing uh, and he goes missing. And then uh, his students are like, basically like a, uh, Glee Club for Science. What's that called? Uh, science uh, Club. Sci- I want to say Science Club. <laughs> okay. So Science Club, students who are just very invested in him, like, oh, no, our professor's missing. Uh, and then they, uh, and then French Stewart comes back and he's like, kids, it's happening again. They're just like, who are you? He's like, don't worry. I know what to do. Um, and so basically, uh, Michael Bynes' character ca- came out of like prison and he said, I'm going to get that clock and I'm going to make everything right. 
Uh, and so uh, basically there's this big rescue mission where French Stewart comes back, but he's only there for a cameo. Um, but then ultimately, uh, basically, French Stewart like phases out of existence. Whoa. And so they're like, what just happened? And he's like, that's the effects of time, of being in hyper time too long. Then we follow the adventure. And then Zach's like, listen, I've kept this technology to myself, but I think it can be used for good. And he basically enlists the new clock stoppers. Uh, and so he has some students who now have the like clock stopper technology, but basically now with Apple watches. Um, and then like the whole season, first season, like a couple of different antics, like we can freeze time. Like they're trying to study for a test all while trying to um, like throw off uh, Michael Bynes characters um, like scent of like basically trying to get the clock or the watch back all to ultimately reveal um, that Michael Bynes character um, has always been French Stewart. Uh, oh. French Stewart basically uh, full circled like somehow uh, it's really weird and like, you know, because if he can like age down to a completely different looking person and middle age to French Stewart, I believe him like then aging into Michael Bynes is, you know, reasonable. Sure. Uh, and so then basically um, he's caught in a loop where he's trying to like break out of it. Um, and the only way for him to do it is for um, the clock to be destroyed. Um and for or for them to go back to the point where he invented the clock and stop it from existing. Uh, so then at the very end, you realize that they can actually time travel. Uh, then season two co- opens up and they like, wait, we can time travel. And so now you have time travel antics that are happening. Um, but then mid season, you get introduced to the time force, uh, which is a future patrol of time police, basically, that come back and say, hey, uh, Zach Gibbs, you are the founder of the Time Force, uh, and it's a group of like time agents who are responsible for making sure that time doesn't go out of order. And he basically is—they're trying to like protect him because someone, some unknown person, is trying to stop them um, and stop time travel from being or the Time Force from being created because Time Force is responsible for a lot of good in the future. Uh, and so that's basically. Season two, cliffhanger and uh, arc. Then season three, um, they it like cuts to like uh, two or three years later, and it's just an all out uh, time war, <laughs> and it's just uh, like basically like, like less Doctor Who time war and more like you have like uh, time agents like quarantining like it's almost militaristic of like like free like there's like a whole town that is frozen in time um and all these like battles are happening like i love like the hyper time uh high speed chase that was one of my favorite scenes like a lot of things like that happening like basically there's like an invisible war happening that no one else can see but it's just happening and it's been going on for a really long time and we kind of get flashbacks as to like what led to this and then ultimately what would solve it. And um, and ultimately it would end with them saying, listen, I thought that this could do good, but maybe it can't. And they said, well, maybe we don't have to like eliminate it altogether. But what if we um, 
just start it over. And so then it just goes back to the very beginning. And so the all three seasons act as a loop. Wow. So that's my pitch, Nickelodeon. It's just three seasons. Uh, you can make it go longer if you want. But I just think that that is the potential for Clockstoppers because I love that premise and I have chewed on that for too long. So, yeah, you have thought this through. <laughs> that's impressive. Thanks. Uh, so, yeah. Watch that. Anyway, French Stewart's played by uh, season uh, eight Luke from Modern Family. I think he's old enough now. Um, and. Um, Everyone else is just French Stewart in a wig. Wow. Yeah, I have nothing even close to that. I was just going to say, I really want a Quicksilver movie now. <laughs> We're in real time. The whole thing takes place over like five minutes. Yeah. But for us, it's the entire movie. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and if you are going to recast one person from this, it would be Michael Bine played by Joe Pantoliano. Because they are both <laughs> rocking that soul patch. Yes. I love yeah. it. Okay, now we're going to go into our final segment of the show where we give you our reasons to recommend. So, mm-hmm. Grayson, why yeah. would you recommend Clock Stoppers and the Ocarina of Time? I'd recommend the Everlasting Clock Stoppers because it really is it's just fun. It's very Nickelodeon. But more than anything, it's one of those rare movies that makes you go, French Stewart! <laughs> and that's pretty special. Absolutely. Not since Community Season 3, I believe. Maybe 4. Did I have such a reaction as French Stewart? Uh, It was a good time. It was a good time. Uh, It's a fun... I think it's a fun movie. It has one of my favorite uh, female leads. Um, Francesca was fantastic. And she had one of my favorite lines. uh, Because typically, if a... um, a female is going to kick someone. Um, someone's like, oh, well, I didn't know you could fight. She's like, yeah, I have a brother. Like, there's that whole cliche. Yeah. One of my favorite lines and exchanges was just like, oh, I didn't know you knew karate. She said, I don't. That was ballet. I was like, oh, they did it. Guys, they did it. Hey, honey, wait, the kids, they did it. Like, I was just so, I was just impressed with that line alone. So if if me saying the line isn't enough, I think that that's worth watching the movie alone. But also, French Stewart. French Stewart. I am curious how different it would have changed the movie if Jonathan Frakes had used his own personal Stewart friend. Instead of going with the French Stewart, he goes with the British Stewart. Patrick Stewart. That would have been a totally different movie. Entirely different movie. The problem is you can't show aging with Patrick Stewart because the guy has looked the same for a hundred years. He's preserved indefinitely. Well, we all know that young Patrick Stewart is just James McAvoy. Oh. And young James McAvoy is some Malcolm in the Middle looking kid <laughs> that wasn't in Malcolm in the Middle. And that is our review of Clockstoppers. Let us know what you remember about Clockstoppers if you watched it. And if you don't remember anything about Clockstoppers, let us know what you think it is solely based off the title. Like what yeah. you thought it was prior to 
watching it or listening to this podcast. Let us know on mm-hmm. Twitter. We are at Flashback Flicks. And if you have seen the movie, um, let us know why you think they use the anti-aging on French Stewart and not the dad. Because I can't figure that one out. <laughs> we need answers. And it would help the show out if you left us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, on a scale of one to five uh, stopped clocks. Um, how would you rate this? Or on a scale of one to five random kids on a swing that's <laughs> never addressed. Because that was very off-putting. Who are those kids? Who are those kids? They're never called back. They just appear there. They or mean- we can do the stars. Yeah. <laughs> And be sure to tune in next time right here on the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. Until then, remember to be kind and rewind. Next time on the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. We keep time frozen in 2002 with Ice Age. Based on the geological event by Sapphire. (laughs)